Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities. Coming to you from Joy's Victorian Pride Centre Studios on Boonwurrung Country, I'm your host, Jack Runjun, and joined this episode by Jacinta Hennicom. G'day, g'day. Hey, Jack. Jack hey. and Jack. Yeah, Jack and Jack. We're back. <laughs> How you going? How you doing? I'm good. I always love coming down to the studios here at Joy, so it's a pleasure to be here. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, looking forward because this episode has been um, pre-recorded, given um, like most of our episodes are, but ahead of the Rethink the Drink. Um, Rethink the Drink? That's the name of the... Yeah, Rethink yeah, the Drink The launch. campaign launch uh, here yeah. at the Victorian Pride Centre. So um, that's happening this evening as well, or if you're well, listening live, it has happened. It's just happened. But uh, we're staring down the barrel of it, so that's coming <laughs> up a little bit later today. Um, also today, it's July 14th. It's International Non-Binary People's Day. It is. It's an opportunity to celebrate those who are non-binary and the rich diversity of gender and celebrate people who do not fit into a binary gender, which... Is a lot of people. It is. It is a lot More of More than you might expect. It's also a chance for us to recognise the stigma and discrimination that non-binary people face and how we can address this together. If you're not aware, in simple terms, a non-binary person is someone who doesn't identify as exclusively a man or a woman. Uh, someone who is non-binary might feel like a mix of genders or like they have no gender at all. Uh, many non-binary people prefer the pronouns they, them. But for instance, if people tell you their pronouns differ, it's important to respect them. Now, um... I mean, I, I work a lot with Samesh and in South Australia, so, it, you know, the health promotion programs look a little bit different, but I believe you work a lot with the uh, peer workshops um, mm. that uh, Thorn Harbour offer to trans and gender diverse people. Absolutely, Talk yeah. me through a little bit about um, what we've got on offer. Yeah, so we have monthly online workshops available on Zoom, and it's for trans and gender diverse people, and we've kind of we've separated it into three different groups who meet monthly online mm. so we've got rise which is non-binary specific so anyone who is trans or gender diverse and doesn't fit within the binary or beyond the binary it's a space to come together and talk about different things that are relevant to you to meet other people um, and to just generally catch up and enjoy being in a space which is non-binary mm. so they come together at the start of each month on the first Thursday from 6pm until about 7.30pm on yep. Zoom. And it's facilitated by non-binary peer facilitators yep. who are volunteers at Thorn Harbour Health. And it's been a really fantastic space for people to, you know, come with the big questions around gender mm. or just come and chat about everyday life, really. Lived experience, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Being a non-binary person and... You know the not only the issues and the things that people face, but also 
the things to celebrate and to enjoy about gender and uh, and, and sharing yeah. I guess support mechanisms as well you know available for um, people in the space as yeah. well yeah lots of resource sharing referrals to you know safe healthcare or places to I don't know hang out be yourself hmm. lots of different things there's a few of them like the Victorian yeah. Pride Center <laughs> there are, are fancy there are. but if anyone wants to get involved in the Rise Peer Workshop or the other peer workshops that we run at Thorn Harbour Health you can head to our website thornharbour.org and head to the peer workshops page and there's a little button there to register and so you just pop in your contact details and we'll link you up with the group for you very exciting coming up next we have an interview with varo who is a uh, non-binary person in adelaide they're the chair of the south australian rainbow advocacy alliance or sara uh, they'll speak a little bit to the projects that sara have recently worked on and their experience as a non-binary person including the process of changing their gender and legal name under south australian law that's coming up this episode on well 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 you're getting well 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 with the team from thorn harbor health um, I'm Varo, my pronouns are they, them. Uh, I live on Ghana land. Um, I am a policy nerd, bureaucrat by day uh, and LGBTQ advocate by night. Um, I'm the chair at the SA Rainbow Advocacy Alliance. Um, we're a not-for-profit charity that works to um, advance, yeah, um, queer rights, wellbeing. Walk me through some of the, uh, in as much detail as you want, the work that Sara does um, for the community. Yeah, so there's three sort of parts to Sarah's work. Um, the first one is advocacy, making sure that our lawmakers and our decision makers are making um, a better place for our communities. Um, the second part is around community, around supporting um, community groups here in South Australia, um, you know, creating a sense of, of togetherness and, and really a sense of um, activation in the community around working towards bettering our rights. Um, and the third part is awareness. Um, I think we find within our allies, you know, there is still pretty limited awareness of, of the diversity of our communities. Um, and so, yeah, working to bring awareness towards that and, you know, improving our rights and wellbeing is, is a core part of our work. What are some of the, um, let's say, focal points um, that have been in that sector for Sara recently? Yeah, for sure. So um, we've recently had a state election, um, which has been a, a huge moment for advocacy. Um, leading up to that work, we partnered with Equality Australia to survey over 600 queer South Australians um, on what issues were important to them. Um, they came back and there were kind of four key themes, um, safety and equality under the law. Um, so things like uh, banning conversion practices um, and closing loopholes in our anti-discrimination laws. Um, there was more inclusive healthcare, um, making our mainstream healthcare providers more inclusive of our communities. Um, education was a big one, um, so making sure that uh, queer people are included in our education systems, um, particularly in relation to sexual health. Um, and the last one was representation. Um, you know, we're still not collected in, in data sets in government. Um, you know, government has no understanding of, of our communities and our needs. So um, really improving that representation at a strategic level was our, our third, fourth priority. Putting the community's wants and needs on paper to government how often does that happen? Where else, like what other, I, I guess, uh, organisations or community groups in Adelaide have done that, if, if any, to, to your knowledge? Yeah, look, it's something that Sarah did on a smaller scale in the 2018 election. But I think, um, you know, in terms of, of the representation, having the reach of 600 South Australians is, is pretty, pretty new, I think. Um, I know a lot of social services organisations do this, this kind of work, but I think, yeah, in terms of having a unified statement from the queer community about our priorities um, is is really important. And I think it's yeah something that we haven't seen 
in the last few months, we've seen Ida Hobbit come and go. Um, I believe Zara had a, a, a sort of media project that came out around that. Do you want to speak a little bit to that project? Yeah, so obviously um, discrimination against LGBTQ plus people has been happening for, for years and years. Um, I guess we've come such a long way. Um, you know, you think back to the times of um, Dr. George Duncan's death. Um, we're certainly not there, but um, I don't think we've made it all the way to full equality. Um, so really we wanted to launch the Rainbow Realities film as a representation of um, queer people's experiences of discrimination today. Um, we know this stuff is still happening. Um, we really wanted to use it as an opportunity to raise awareness about our experiences um, and to call on our allies to, to do better and to, to include us. I guess in light of um, Non-Binary People's Day that this recording will end up being played around, um, can you speak a little bit to, if, if you're comfortable, your experience uh, coming out as non-binary, navigating that space and, and potentially finding community as well? Yeah, look, I think um, I've always known that I've, I've been a bit different um, my whole life, um, but I guess I didn't really have the words for it um, until probably around, I think it was around 2015, I was, someone I was dating actually came out as, as gender fluid. Um, and I kind of went, oh, wow, that's, that's an option. That's, you know, no one told me about this thing. Like, that kind of fits, you know? Um, I think our society has always had these really rigid gender roles around, you know, masculinity and femininity. What, what does it mean to be a man or a woman? Um, and I don't think I've ever really fit in either of those, those camps. So um, being non-binary for me is about really giving myself the permission to explore that, that grey of masculinity, femininity. Um, yeah, I guess it was important to have representation to be able to, you know, see other people like me um, gave me the sort of the power to to come out and to um, realise who I was. Um, but I guess that that understanding within our society of, um, you know, being non-binary, being gender fluid is still, uh, you know, evolving, I guess. Um, I think back to my, my first job um, in government, I was actually working for the Department for Communities and Social Inclusion at the time, um, and they had their employee intake form, it had male, female and other, and I was like, oh, well, I guess other is, is me, right? So I ticked the little box and, you know, expected someone to have a discussion about it. Um, I got entered into the system as female um, and was misgendered um, from that point onwards, basically. Um, so I spent, yeah, around five years in that job um, being perceived as someone that I wasn't, which had a super profound impact on my mental health. Um, luckily, you know, I had really supportive partner and really supportive friends um, who helped me get help for that but um, yeah it was pretty it was pretty rough at the time um, so I think you know building that awareness and building that inclusivity is, is crucial. Do you have any thoughts or feelings on the day generally had it even crossed your radar does it have any sort of significance to you? Look I think the day is it's always important to recognize um, you know the diversity of our communities um, I think the day you know to me it's like a nice little ah, like, yes, I exist. And a lot of my friends will message me on Facebook and be like, hey, happy non-binary people's day. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's a nice, a nice moment. Um, but in terms of tangible impact, I think, you know, we really need to, as a, as a society, look at it and say, okay, well, it's not just about like, hey, have a great day. It, like, what are we actually doing to, to help support non-binary people um, in our world? Around non-binary people in Adelaide, um, I mean, you said earlier that uh, the survey was uh, 
responded to by 600 LGBTIQ South Australians. Um, as far as non-binary um, people in Adelaide, is there much of a community? And, and um, I guess, let, let's just go with that. Is there much of a non-binary community in Adelaide? Yeah, look, I definitely think it's, it's growing and it's evolving. Um, we've been really lucky to have a really inclusive trans and gender diverse community here. Um, I think, you know, gender diverse people do fit under the trans umbrella. Um, and, you know, to be um, frank, I think we've got a community that, that acknowledges that um, being, being trans is not just about transitioning from one thing to another. It's about this broad array of, of gender diversity that our community has. So, um, yeah, I think we're really lucky in that sense to sort of uh, have this sense of community and, and, you know, we can support each other. Can you speak a little bit to some of the um, the challenges potentially in um, being gender diverse, changing name, any other sort of legality situation? Yeah, look, um, I think, you know, having being non-binary for me comes with an element of gender dysphoria. Um, that's not true for all non-binary people, but certainly that's my experience. Um, one of the things I've been trying to do is to change my name. Um, hearing my, my legal name said to me makes me feel so uncomfortable, just like, something drops within my stomach. Um, so I've been trying to go through the process of, of changing my name. Um, and to do that in South Australia, you have to have six months of counselling. Um, so I have um, to change your, your name and gender. Um, so I've been seeing a psychologist and uh, she was like, what's the reason for your visit? I said, oh, I'd really like to change my, my gender legally. Um, and she said, okay, but like you have a gender and you've, you've told me your gender. So how do I treat you for that? And I was like, great question, who knows? Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting to see even healthcare professionals reacting to our laws and going, huh, like how does this work in practice? Is this actually right for, for um, non-binary and gender fluid people? Um, so it's an evolving process. I'll let you know how I go. Uh, <laughs> how does that compare to, if you're aware, other states and territories around changing name, changing gender? If in South Australia, you need six months of counselling to do that, yeah. is, is that on par with other parts of the country? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, but it is quite expensive as well. Um, I think all up to change your name and gender, it's around $300. Um, I actually had to buy my own birth certificate from births, deaths and marriages to prove that I was who I was, even though I was buying it from the agency that I was asking to change it. Um, so it's it's a pretty interesting little process that I'm, I think has, you know, plenty of opportunity to be uh, more transparent and person-centred. Um, there are heaps of community organisations in South Australia doing work on, on this, you know, inclusion in work. Um, Shine in particular, their how-to training really is, is, is essential um, in helping services to be more inclusive. I think the, the uptake of, of that and, you know, the uptake of um, inclusion as a concept within organisations in South Australia is, is slow. Um, and I say that in a, uh, the sense of meaningful inclusion. I think, you know, our community acknowledges that it's no longer acceptable to slap a rainbow on your brand um, and say that you're inclusive. You actually need to do the work to make sure you've got um, options for people who are non-binary to identify their gender appropriately on your intake forms um, to, you know, state our pronouns and to be referred to um, in the way that we want to. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, in terms of organisations practically doing that work and understanding the needs of our community, um, there's a long way to go, but we're certainly getting there. You recently won an Out for Australia award. Yeah, very exciting. You know, tell me about what, what that meant to you, I suppose. 
Yeah, look, I think um, there's so many people in our community who do uh, volunteer work. Um, you know, in SARA, our organisation is largely run by volunteers. We have a one, one paid staff member, but the rest of the organisation is, is volunteer powered. Um, I think, you know, recognising that contribution um, is really crucial. The Out for Australia Award came as, as quite a, a surprise to me. Um, you know, uh, in my mind, my, my work is just about <laughs> the back end of spreadsheets and policy and, you know, the unsexy parts of advocacy um, that often aren't celebrated. So um, to have that recognition was, was really, yeah, a nice moment. Um, yeah. You're the chair of SARA now. Um, how did you first join Sarah and and what was the, I guess the context and the backdrop for that happening? Yeah, um, look, I've always had a, an advocacy streak. Um, I guess you know have worked a lot in youth-run not-for-profits um, on all things from from housing to um, anti-poverty movements. Um, I guess I didn't really apply my advocacy work to um, queerness um, until shortly after the the marriage equality campaign. Um, Obviously, we had, you know, a nationwide vote on our rights to marry. Um, and personally, that was pretty brutal. Um, I um, was outed to my grandparents um, without my consent and without my knowledge. Um, and that kind of caused really, yeah, uh, <laughs> irreparable damage to my family relationships. Um, and, it, and it was at that point that I did a lot of self-reflection and kind of went, you know what, like, things are still a bit shit for queer people. Um, you know, yeah, we have marriage, great, but there's all these other issues um, that we still need to tackle as a society. And, um, you know, I think it was a real motivator for me to step up and, and do my part in that. Um, yeah, which is how I came came to be at SARA. What was that involvement? Uh, what did that look like, I suppose, uh, when you first joined? Because you didn't join as chair, I imagine, at that point. No, um, look, initially, um, they were recruiting for general board members. Um, I had a little bit of governance experience. I, I know a bit about policy. Um, so I thought I'd throw my hat in the ring and, and, and offer that up. Um, I quickly became known as sort of a jack of all trades, I think, um, and, and took on a treasurer role um, at some point, which, you know, uh, probably rapidly expanded my love for Excel. Um, and yeah, just kind of a, a, a do it all. What did it look like to go from um, your position within the organization shortly before you became chair and then moving into the position of chair, um, what were you potentially keen to see happen um, from within and, and <clears throat> looking out uh, from the organisation? Yeah, look, I think um, SARA has always been um, an organisation that has involved community. Um, you know, we hold the annual Ian Purcell oration um, to commemorate um, our founder, Ian Purcell. Um, we hold a lot of community events, um, but I think for me, stepping into the chair role, there was a real opportunity for us to build community in a more um, impactful way, um, really to mobilise community to look at our rights and, and look at where we're at and take things quite seriously and say, what can we do to, you know, actually encourage governments to listen to us? Um, so we're definitely moving a lot more into the space of, um, you know, community-run campaigns, um, running petitions, um, really that, that awareness-raising um, work uh, in, a, in a way that I think we hadn't done as formally in the past. Varro, uh, Chair of Zara, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health.
Thanks again to our wonderful guests for joining us in light of International Non-Binary People's Day. Uh, That's about it for this episode of Well, Well, Well. If you want to listen to tonight's show again, it'll be on the podcast page, joy.org.au slash wellwellwell, where you can listen to our previous episodes and find links to information that we've discussed on the show tonight, including... The South Australian Rainbow Advocacy Alliance. Yes, that's right. Uh, don't forget, if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, uh, get in touch. Uh, you can email wellwellwell at joy.org.au. And with any questions or suggestions for topics. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Thanks for joining me in the studio, Jacinta. Thanks for joining me, Jack. It's been a pleasure. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being. Presented by Joy sponsor, Thorn Harbour Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.